You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. My guests today are Casey Killoran and David Tyson Lamb. This is the first time I'm having two people on at once. They are an artistic team of filmmakers. Casey is an actress and producer, and David is a director and producer. They just did their first feature film together called Viral Beauty, which is how I first met them. A mutual friend had recommended me when they needed someone last minute for a small scene last year. I'm very happy to be getting to know them better and their artistic process as well. They are very proactive about making their own work, which I love. If you have a chance this week, please rate and review the podcast in the iTunes store. It will help other artists to find us in the future. Thank you for that. I hope you enjoy the 53rd episode of The Compass. coffee it's a good thing um a remedy a a temporary remedy um well I guess doing my own work definitely is something that I've learned is not only good for I guess my career quote unquote but um it's good for my sanity because it can feel out of control and it can feel like you don't have any say or kind of the bottom of the totem pole being an actor sometimes like you're the last peg so um having a lot of like creative control over your own work has helped me along the way and it's made me it's 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 made me like have connections with other people in a way that I would not have if I was just an actor but you might be more isolated oh yeah yeah definitely I mean, it's just you and the script. You go to the audition. You might get the call back. But it's like you in your head all the time. So actually reaching out and creating things with other people in all aspects, not just actors, but editors, sound people, you know, sound designers, uh, composers, like these other places that you don't have to go if you're an actor, just an actor. So, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with just being an actor. That's what I label myself as. But I definitely find it rewarding doing that. Yeah, just to second that as well, I think being uh, in control of your own projects is a huge way in which we both fight the dark side, so to speak. 
Because it's incredibly rewarding, right? It's like you're collaborating with others, you're learning about music, lighting, and all of these other things that are very visceral, and so you can't be in your head. So I think that being able to collaborate with other people in a way that feels very visceral and palpable is a very good way of grounding, like both of us. And um, my dark side is usually when I have like no aim and I'm kind of like um, rolling the dice <laughs> constantly and like gambling and you know banking on chance versus like actually taking action in my own life and doing things. And maybe the auditions and stuff? Or that you just haven't committed yourself to an idea? Um, well, I actually no longer act. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do do some hand acting. Like if we need a hand to like pass papers in the frame, I'll do that. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, hand acting. Um, but no, it's just like in general with anything, like my dark side just looks like when I don't have an aim and I'm sort of like banking on chance and then it starts to become that lodges me in my head and I start to get lost in superstition mm -hmm. versus like what's actually out here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so you guys went to grad school together for acting. Mm-hmm. And at least to my perception, you guys have been functioning as a creative team for the last couple of years or is that, did that start at school or? Started at school. Mm -hmm. um, I took two years off during school and I graduated with a different class. Mm -hmm. So I was in David's class for my first two years. But we started when, I mean, like, when did we start? 2000 and... I mean, our, <clears throat> I would say, like, our official, official, like, first collaboration was when we were both sort of out, um, outside yeah, of school. Yeah. Um, the official one. But we were always, he was always doing films, and I... I wrote really, you Yeah, he things. wrote me into some of his films, and I was his roommate, so I would be helping him also. Um, with like small things, small things. Yeah, like I did. Um, I did a short, and I would sort of constantly go to Casey, mm -hmm. as sort of my viewer, and then sort of test it on her, and then she would give her comments. And because we were actors, we'd we had a certain way of talking with each other. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to offend you, but you know. So it was like it sort of started off really well because we just knew how to communicate. Yeah, I think together. we had a, a similar vocabulary going to the same program, that we did weren't even really aware of. So when we started making our own stuff that came out, like we were direct without being harsh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, which is something that you're constantly, um, when you're dealing with new people sometimes, you can be like, oh, I don't want to offend them. Like, totally. I'll just like beat around this. And then you waste like a whole day of not actually achieving what you want. <laughs> yeah. um, so we were able to work like quick and efficiently and actually enjoy um, the process because we weren't tiptoeing, I guess. But yeah, we did our first official thing when we graduated. But I mean, I did a short. Yes, I did and a I short, helped you quote unquote short. You helped me. So we took like these baby steps, and then it, <laughs> and then we took a big leap with the the feature. Yeah. So. Which was actually a short in the first, and then we stopped that and went and did a feature. The writer came back and was like, oh, "I wrote a feature. Would you?" Uh, would you want to do that? Or yeah. like, oh, uh, she turned it that's, into a feature. That's a whole big process. Let's sure, sure. And you just decided to jump off the cliff. And yeah, yeah. I try to like do things that make me terrified. Sometimes I find that living with stuff in my head, like I said before, is the worst place for me, mm -hmm. especially if I'm afraid of it. So if I just throw myself out there and do it, it's 
very therapeutic to me to like actually face that fear try to do something that makes me scared at least once a day yeah and also too it's far once you start doing it you realize that um like like this has been done before so it becomes less scary it's like other people have done feature films before other people have you know for the first time time. yeah exactly So it's like life affirming because it's like, oh, no, actually that fear or that thing that I thought we couldn't do, we're doing it and we're not dying. So which is excellent. It's like, great. (laughs) This isn't a free fall. Oh, my God. We're okay. Like, that's the most like life affirming thing, I think, is realizing, oh, you know, we can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I want to talk more about the process of trying to make the feature. But um, what do you find so appealing about? working in film or having that be the medium that you're able to create your own work? Is it just more immediate than theater or what draws you to that storytelling? I, I, I think that, uh, well, I mean, just fundamentally, if you don't have good performances in the film, it becomes very hard to connect. And so I think that uh, whatever I do anyways, I'm always looking out for performance and I always really care about the actors and making sure that they feel very natural in front of the camera and you know, that they feel free enough to try things. Um, So I'd say, like, the acting part of it is always there. It's always present for me. Um, But I think I'm starting to, in our next feature film, we're starting to veer more into using the camera to tell the story and using the visuals to tell the story. So we're more invested in, I guess, the art of filmmaking, which is sort of opening up all of these uh, avenues. uh, How do you use image to strike people um how do you use montage to strike people um you know music how do you use all these other elements that surround the performance to build a world Mm. and that part we haven't done yet i don't think fully no no we haven't really explored that i mean we've really focused on storytelling and acting for the for the most part with our with our work and had good images but they were supporting it wasn't the images telling the story as well. Right. So in this net, we're looking at our next feature. So um, in this next one, that's kind of what we're doing. We just rewatched The Shining and Misery last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a Stephen King yeah. film. Oh. <laughs> we were kinged. Uh, yes. Um. Which are very like great performances, but the world is told in this very twisted cinematic way that definitely supports and in a way that sometimes you don't even notice I mean in misery we were noticing how like the first time that Kathy Bates character says something that's weird that's the first time you see an angle of the camera that's weird so it's just these little things that you don't like I didn't notice that the first time I watched it but when you're actually like okay we're gonna try to do something like maybe along these lines we're not sure yet we're researching but Oh, okay, that makes sense. Like those, th- like those things are interesting. Um, and so, have you guys kind of just given yourself your own training as far as working with the camera and using all the equipment and just experimented along the way, or did you end up taking any classes and stuff from that? Um, well, we have a really great collaborator that we work with. <clears throat> she's our DP, mm-hmm. and you've met her actually when you're on yes. set, and she's <laughs> great. She's like she's fantastic. She has such great taste and. Um, she has taught us a lot about mm-hmm. like lighting and 
Anna Basol. Anna Basol. She's German. Um, <clears throat> she's taught us a lot. I mean, she went to the MFA program at Tisch. And so she's sort of like, whenever we do a project, she brings so much um, valuable insight into how to make something stunning or how to make something scary or how to like avoid uh, common sort of pitfalls. So I would say like she right now is our like greatest teacher. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, let me tell you, the first time we did a short, I mean, the acting was good. Yeah, but the acting's not the problem with <laughs> the <us>. lighting, <laughs> The lighting was the issue. The camera work was the issue. The fact that every image was out of focus was the issue. I mean, it, there's so many details. <clears throat> yeah, there really is. Yeah. It's crazy you're learning through actually doing it. Yeah, and also, too, realizing that there's certain things we can't do. Like, we can't compose. We yeah. can't color our own future. You know, we are moving away from editing, so we're hiring editors. For the last couple of projects, we hired editors. So now we're just focusing on coordinating the pieces and the puzzle mm -hmm. rather than trying to do it all because other people can do that. And yeah. it's like, and, and want it and really yeah. love it. You know, we were just doing it to be like, not only like budget wise, but it's like, oh, well, we're like self contained and we're going to be able to do this all by ourselves. It's like, mm -mm, but we're actually really not enjoying it that much. <laughs> like, it's actually a grueling process that we're not having any happiness with. Yeah. It's, so. it's sort of like if it, yeah, I had a really bad metaphor, but it like, <laughs> faded. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. So, you guys, the, the feature that you made, you finished last year? Or you're, um, you're submitting it now? For yeah, we're submitting right? it now. We probably finished, like, um, I don't know, when did, when did it get finished? Or finished is probably a terrible word. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's hard <laughs> to use. We finished, we wrapped, we wrapped on we wrapped. set over a year ago. Yeah. Okay. A little yeah. over a year ago. Um, wow. It's called Viral Beauty. Be viral Beauty. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess the thing that I'm really curious about is, and that I think other people who might want to do this too would be interested is like how have you managed to be producers and what's the fundraising like and where did you even start because that seems overwhelming to me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like the actual like artistic like filming and everything <coughs> i understand but the the larger thing how's that going yeah well i think that i think a couple of things with that i think that's one of the things that we we've talked a lot about budget we've talked a lot about like being overwhelmed by the idea that it takes you know 50 million dollars to create a film and that being something that actually is more of a perception than it is than it is a reality um you know i think that obviously there's certain crowdsourcing uh, platforms like kickstarter for example or seed and spark that are great for raising funds mm -hmm. um but actually the technology that is required in order to create a film is so relatively inexpensive to where it was 10 years ago mm -hmm. that you can like purchase a, a DSLR or rent a DSLR and get amazing footage out of it if you have a good DP <laughs> um, who knows lighting. And, you know, you, it's surprisingly not as expensive as you think it is. But you do have to hustle for that first X oh, yeah. grant in order to just get people on board, yeah. other artists that you want to collaborate with. So that's the part that is, I think, essential. The part that's not essential is like spending, I don't know, like 50 grand, 100 grand 
on renting a red camera. That, you know what I mean? It's pointless. It's, it's just pointless. a box. If you know, yeah. like, seriously, if you have no story, you have don't have people that are on the same mind frame as you with telling that story and with you know skill and talent. It's just a box. It's just a really expensive box. Yeah. So I think I think determining what you actually need becomes incredibly exciting because you realize that with just a bit of hustling for like a month or two, you can get those things. So if it's a camera or if it's like a collaborator reaching out to your network, I mean, we're so incredibly privileged because, I mean, Juilliard, NYU, these are like, there's so many artists. We're in New York. We're in New York. Mm-hmm. So there's almost like no excuse if you have an idea to not reach out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even shooting in New York, like New York City is so cheap compared to other cities. It is $300 to get a permit, unlimited time like it's these little things that you learn when you're producing and and reading about these laws and contracts that you're like holy crap like this is actually very doable we're in this we're in new york city it's 300 dollars to get a permit and we can film you know with a crew of under five for 300 dollars anywhere that's not a red quote unquote red zone Mm. so let's utilize this let's make these shots gorgeous we have a backdrop that will make it look like we spent 20 times that right. so that's what you do it's just a matter of getting through all of the the fine print yeah to figure out what you're actually uh-huh. yeah yeah and that's it that's the intimidating part i would say but i mean that network is i mean obviously everyone says that but one person can open the door like actually reaching out to one person and that you actually connect with and them knowing all these other people is is something that I think that we got with our DP in the beginning. And then it spread our network from that. Yeah, you just have to be fearless about asking for what you need. Mm-hmm. 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 Everyone and is kind of doing that. Say no if they <laughs> We've been told you know? no oh, yeah. a lot, a lot, yeah. So... And then you get the one person that says yes, and then everyone else turns around and you're like, wait, um, I meant to say yes. <laughs> like, you're like, oh, well, oh, too late. Are you all went to your spam? Okay. I'm just joking. <laughs> you know. Right. Um. It's, yeah. Everyone is trying to, you know, everyone wants to take a risk, but it's, it's risky. And if they don't know you, it's, they have to trust in that part of themselves and a lot of people have tr- have trouble with that. I do too sometimes. I'm not going to like throw a couple of grand at a project that I don't know anyone in. Like why would I do that? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So I understand the whole process of fundraising and oh, come back to me when you have another person. You know, like mm-hmm. the, those things. Oh, yeah. Like right. it's a lot of that. Nobody wants to be the first. Exactly. But you eventually get it because, yeah. I mean, if you believe in your story and you're yeah. energetic about pitching it, uh, people respond to that. Even if they aren't willing to open their wallets in the moment, you it you stay in there somewhere in their subconscious. And as we're learning with social media and like putting our work actually out there, people mm-hmm. follow. And we're hoping that yeah. those people will in the future, at, when they've seen the film or they're you know following us, um, down the line will, you know, want to participate in yeah. some way, like yeah. financing or whatever. I mean, it's important to put your stuff out there so people can see you, especially being an independent independent filmmakers. So, But you have to make sure the stuff that you put out is the quality that you want to be representing you. So, like, this is something that I'm working on now that I feel good at. I'll put that out there. 
but I look back at some stuff that I'm oh, like, yeah. oh god, I wish I didn't put that out there. But <laughs> yeah. that fine line of like, you just want to like just throw things. Yeah, exactly. Up like, what will stick? Back, yeah, sometimes David has to reel me in. I'm like, I'll just put this up. And he's like, No, Casey, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the back of my head, I'm like, there's a delete button. So if we need to delete it, we can delete it. Only those first 50 people saw it. Yes. <laughs> I'm kind of the person that will like call a bunch of people and like be like oh we got this person that said yes and Dave will be like okay um let's do this x y and z and then try go back at it again yeah yeah so. I love this I love that you guys can imagine each other. yeah I'm a little crazy <laughs> we're actually very will and grace like yeah. we're very we're, like I watched oh God, that show please don't say that don't just and my me. other really great friend is gonna hate me saying that because she thinks she's grace and she's grace she's grace too you're grace you're grace as well ay so. yes so yeah yeah what do you what do you feel like your strengths are that you kind of fill in for the other person um I think I am much more of the like front of lines reach out first person um the communicator with a lot of people the actors things like that i i really like i mean david does that as well but he's kind of like the second second wave <laughs> we're going with this yeah. army analogy for some reason <laughs> yeah i'm the second general <laughs> but yeah he's, um so he'll come in and fine-tune things you know but i'll just kind of ca- i like the big casting net thing it's the yeah, and then I think that I, I actually enjoy the planning. I like the organization, and I like yeah. this, yeah, and the strategy, and I think every part of the filmmaking process is like its own little art, whether it's literally the filmmaking or it's the marketing or it's the financing part. All of it feels like a craft and mm-hmm. art. So that I find very, like, positive and enjoyable, whereas I think Casey doesn't like that so much. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> so... Like- <laughs> organizing and the finesse I'm I'm like okay with it but I'm I'm like the scout like I'll go out location scouting like Mm -hmm. I really like the the foot to pavement sort Mm -hmm. of stuff and also too like we I mean with viral and a lot of our other projects uh, my sister uh, who's also who wrote the piece viral beauty yes she wrote it and um does she live here too no she's uh in toronto so she's like a data scientist uh by day and then writer by night kind of thing and she's like fabulous and what she brings to the mix is like an extreme sort of business sense yeah so we it's nice because yeah because it's like she's looking at the business end of things she's very savvy and has a more conservative approach which is great and then i'm kind of like i like to organize things and then casey loves to reach out yeah so it's a nice like bermuda idea, triangle this idea, this idea. <laughs> yeah. hopefully no one dies in it. have there ever been moments where you wandered into the middle of that bermuda triangle and like you've had to figure out a way to get over a disagreement or it, it has oh, that shared yeah. language of school absolutely kind of <laughs> helped you guys get through the rough parts of collaborating all the time film mm. festivals that we are we want to submit to like how who I mean, there's like waivers, things like, do we approach this person? Do we go to this person? Do we, I mean, I can't think of anything that we haven't had like a discussion on. Yeah. I think there's almost on every aspect of the film, there were moments where it got very heated, you know, whether it was the writing or like on set or in the editing room 
or you know with the marketing and figuring out which festivals we want to target mm -hmm. there's always disagreements and the only thing the only saving grace is really that we just respect each other mm -hmm. and we don't go too far we take a break and take a moment yeah yeah we've walk away from the situation we, we walk and away and try yes. again later or we you know i've learned david is the director so he is the director it's his final say if david takes on editing he's the editor if he's the editor director oh shit he has final say i am the producer so i can come in as well but and then i get scared but i have to I, he i have trusted him with the creative aspect of that so and I do. Sometimes I am like, I have no idea where the hell David's going. Like, I really well, don't know hide that well. <laughs> don't where he's going. I do hide Shit. it. But I trust him because I've seen the outcome so many times and they've surpassed what I could have imagined. So. Oh, thank you. Oh, well, let's just compliment each other for the rest of this time. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I've never told you that before. Wow. That's taking a bow. <laughs> um, but I will say though that if something isn't working with Casey that really bothers me and if something isn't working with my sister that really bothers me something isn't working with my DP that really bothers me so I take their word very very seriously because it's like if I'm getting it great but if it's not landing on somebody who wants the project to work right, then yes then that becomes an issue so I think that's that's actually the thing that reels me in from conflict. It's like, actually, if they're not getting it, maybe there's something I need to adjust or I need mm -hmm. to listen. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to ask about where you reach from and your family. That's amazing that your sister also has this artistic output in writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how, how do they react to you guys being artists? Are there other artistic folks in your family? Mm -hmm. Have they seen the film? <laughs> <laughs> um, Yes, I'll, I'm from Staten Island, but um, half my family's Irish, so like half my family's real New York, and the other half is really, really Irish. Um, I have a uncle who's an actor, so they, Jimmy Burke is his name. He, he kind of, I guess, introduced my family to. <laughs> well, there's the arts, and right. I mean, sometimes do that. They, this a is a career. Um, a lot of people in my family, when they were younger, did. Not a lot, but a couple were like, oh, I want to be an actor, and then stopped. A lot of them did teaching instead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, he, but he was kind of one that's taken it his whole life, and it's his career. So they were a familiar to, like, a, there was a familiarity to that, but I, uh, I was kind of the new person from my dad's side to do that and he I don't know if he understands it that much but he it doesn't fight me at all with it he's just like what are you what are you doing you know like what what are you doing today he's <laughs> like and then I'll try to explain it to him and he's like oh I just saw this movie did you see this movie like, <laughs> like you know he'll try to connect with that but um yeah they've watched the movie my grandma's like I don't understand the Skype screens like <laughs> she doesn't even say Skype she's like what's with this you know because it's told in all different types of venue like um electronic media stuff right. but um but they are very supportive I mean my mom is extremely supportive she should have she should be a producer yeah like, she's, she's like, great she's on it she owns her her own insurance company yeah, so she's very much has that mind frame. She would actually be really good at it, but 
That's so cool that you're, since you're from here too, you have that support nearby. Yeah, yeah. And my uncle being an actor here too, so I kind of have that as well. He helped, I mean, he's helped us. He was in one of our first shorts. He was great in it. Yeah, he was amazing. So, yeah, we definitely have a a nice network for that. And then David. And then I I hail from Canada, so I'm up north. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sort of in the Toronto area. And Mm -hmm. I started off... um, doing math and computer science that was sort of like my major and my undergraduate and then I started taking acting classes and that just sort of like blew my mind during during undergrad during undergrad mm-hmm. and then I auditioned for Tish kind of on a whim um, I mean this sounds silly to say I would love to say that I was inspired by the fact that Ang Lee went to Tish but no it was because <laughs> Mary Kane Ashley Olsen went to Tish and I was like what is Tish? And then I was like, oh, they have an acting program. I'm going to apply. And so I applied. I got in, and I was like, wow, crap, this is awesome. And so I did a whole, like, career switch. Moved to New York. Lived in New York. And then, um, you know, have been sort of straddling the tech scene, which is, I'm a software developer by day and then director by night. Uh, And then... Uh, yeah, got into film because of Edna. And then also to my sister, who's this uh, very crazy, ambitious, like fantastical writer. We um, just started collaborating on a bunch of pieces together, mm-hmm. um, these small little shorts, and then that exploded into this. And yeah, you're both in future. tech, too. And we're both in tech. And that wasn't something that happened until your adult life? That wasn't something you guys did growing up? Uh, well... Bef- I th- actually, when we were like 10, when I was 10, so she would have been like 18 or so, we did these like uh, kung fu films. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were awesome. <laughs> you know, bring them out of the vault one day. Yes, I wanted that. Yes. We did these kung fu films like in our backyard, and our costumes were like we would get our cousins to like, we'd costume them in, in um, mattresses and whatnot. <laughs> mattresses? Yeah. You mean like sheets, right? Mattress sheets, there, sorry. Yes. <laughs> sorry, yes. They were, they were turtles. <laughs> they were turtles. <laughs> um, but yeah, we would do that and then we'd have like fans blowing and then like they would jump up and I mean it was a That's whole awesome. production. So I feel like actually the, that whole film thing with Liz yeah, it started, earlier. started very early. Then we had a, a nice 20 year drought <laughs> and came back to it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, like I'm here now just doing software development, but then also like all of this film stuff mm-hmm. yeah. as well. And that's great that you have something, a skill that you can use for your day job. Oh, sure. Like, yeah, yeah. Give you actual money to survive. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's great. And also, too, like we're, like me and my sister are hugely interested in tech and sort of like tech films and how technology can be uh, used in film as mm-hmm. a sort of a narrative. Um, part of the narrative and so we're really interested in like things that are just that feel cutting edge and sort of like really question like I don't know Ex Machina for example it's like a huge I love that film nuts yes and incredibly well written you Mm -hmm. know and her for example like that was really I was talking to Casey about that the other day just the writing there's so much more possible there's some a whole other set of questions come up when you're dealing with artificial intelligence. So we're really interested in those stories. Yeah. So well, it's interesting yeah. that Viral Beauty deals with like I mean I haven't gotten to see the entire film, but it deals with like trolling online and mm-hmm. and social media and, and social media and all that. the kind of cult fame that's developing right Which now is online. So present. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's changing all the time, but it's a huge problem. Yeah, it's definitely, um, well, it's like, is it a problem? Is it not a problem? We, I mean, we get that question all the time. We're like, do you think social media is beneficial or, you know, (laughs) corrupting Mm -hmm. society? Like, we're like, it's just the anger part of it. It's definitely there. And it's the one that gets the most attention, so. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that whole, whole world. But it's, it's fantastical. The, the social media is just this crazy thing that's just like globally taken like it's just taken over it didn't exist it didn't exist so like it's such a baby and it is so everywhere it is got into every single aspect of our life so why not make a film about it yeah (laughs) yeah and i was and also too there's so much social activism that happens over social media which is like so incredible and and frightening like seeing all of those uh, police brutality videos Mm -hmm. like I'm not against police or anything like that but just realizing that that is an experience that is horrific and becoming aware of it and developing a sensitivity towards it I'm not at a point where I can really comment or make any sort of intelligent remarks on it but just seeing it and being aware and witnessing that kind of racism is Mm -hmm. eye-opening so I think in even if there is there are you know, really some things that are very negative. I think people are being critical and people are looking at it as fodder for um, becoming a better culture. Um, yeah. yeah, it definitely has both sides. It's, I, I view it at the end of the day as education. It's, some, it's a new form of education for the masses. Mm. It gives people the opportunity to inform themselves th- with things that they would never had the opportunity to before because... They just came from this, you know, section of the world and got the media through the TV and the radio, and it's very filtered. This is like this person's raw experience of this online. Who's gonna watch it? Like, or just seeing somebody who looks like you do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like when YouTube first came out. I think when was this? Like two thousand. Two thousand ten. It was first a, a dating, and then it was bought by Google. Yeah, Google now. Google in 2004. Wait, no, no, uh, 2001. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, 2001. I was like, grad school. That's my dyslexia coming in. Um, uh, 2001, it was open. It was a dating site, and then in 2004, Google bought it and was made into a video platform. And I remember thinking, I was in. Yeah, it was like 2001, 2002. It was the first time I ever saw an Asian male sing with a guitar. Mm-hmm. And that completely transformed how I saw just myself, like as an artist, as an expressive person. And his name is David Choi. He creates mm-hmm. great music. I love him. Um, but I just remember being, I was like, God, if YouTube didn't exist, I would have never have seen someone like myself sing a song. That was groundbreaking to me. And so it's very powerful just in terms of finding people who look like you, who are doing things that can open up your eyes to what you could be doing, you know? So I think, uh, like for me, it's been overwhelmingly positive. Mm -hmm. um, And I hope, like, I hope social media moves in that realm. Mm -hmm. Um, Even the negative stuff gets, we can look at it critically. Well, and and with producing your own work, it has huge advantages Mm -hmm. of being able to self-produce. Is there anything that you guys separately or together are really proud of 
proud of from the last year that you want to tell me about? Like a lesson you've learned or it doesn't have to be like a big thing. Hmm. You want to take that? Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, I have a lot. <laughs> well, oddly enough, when you said that, um, my gut reaction was just actually my transition into software development. Um, like I had that in my undergraduate, so I've always been a tech person. But for the last seven years, it was like I was just an actor and I was only pursuing acting and not really moving outside of that. And I remember thinking, um, moving into software development, I was like, okay, I've been freelancing as a web designer developer for about three years and slowly gaining skills, but I don't yet have a craft. Like I'm getting rejected from all of the, these interviews during the tech test because I just technically wasn't there. And I remember I said to myself, okay, I know what it's like to build a craft because for seven years I've been doing it with acting. So what if I just applied all of that determination, discipline, skill building to this software development? And then I did that for three months. And then I was able to find this fantastic job that I love right now. And like that I'm very proud of because it was through applied and specific effort. And so that felt very life affirming, yeah, <laughs> very, very life affirming. So that for me is probably this year what I'm very proud of. Mm -hmm. um, I think that I've learned over the last year, the balance between work and my personal life. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that's something that I'm, well, I think for the rest of my life, always be balancing, but definitely the break and then releasing the day and going into my personal life is something that I'm starting right now. And it wasn't always like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. Self-care. 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 Yeah. Self oh so David, I wanted to ask you about um, your experience working in New York as someone who's from another country, getting the visas and all of that. How has that worked for you as an artist? I think probably the, f the fundamental thing to do is to plan and like very very early on so if you're like a dancer or you're a filmmaker or an actor in your first year at Juilliard or NYU um, or Pace or wherever to begin thinking about strategic things like press for example um, certain uh, theater companies or uh, dance institutions that you would like to work in or intern at the more experience that you have and with established institutions, I think the greater the chance because ultimately at the end of the day with a lot of those applications, you know, if you're not angly or you're, you haven't won an Oscar yet, you have to be able to associate yourself with caliber, quote unquote caliber institutions. And the more that you do that and the more that you plan for it while, the, you're, in school. while you're in school, mm -hmm. the easier it will be to create an application that has a bit of luster in it. Mm -hmm. And everybody that I know of who has gotten, for example, their O visa has strategically planned in that way and has worked at, you know, X, Y, and Z. And we're able to say, oh, I worked at X, Y, and Z. And so did Meryl Streep or so did, you know, Billy Crudup or whomever. So it becomes a kind of a association game. And I think that becomes useful. Um, and it's also legitimate because literally they did 
perform there or they did right you know you can draw that direct line exactly someone else's experience and yours exactly so i think that becomes like a fundamental thing to think of at the very very beginning Mm -hmm. um otherwise you're kind of left scrambling for that like Mm -hmm. when you graduate and that's not a good place to to be in no no. Um, and then also your future projects so you know you need a trajectory of like three years they ask Mm-hmm. So, I've David and I have helped um, people that have been looking to stay in the country, um, composers, actors, um, specifically, with future projects. So, we do plan on making more projects, but it's not you know it's, these things are not set in stone. They don't have to be. Oh well, we have a contract signed already. They, you don't have to think of it that way, but. Um, just get people that are kind of credible and oh, okay they do have some sort of portfolio that you can work with and talk with them say would you sponsor me would you w- are you interested in that i think that la- waiting to the last moment is is uh, is very hard and it's anxiety and you don't get your best work done and you'll just accept any project and right. so um but like film is a, is a great place for that cuz theater is so quick um for the most part but film, they could be in pre-production for you know over a year, or we're thinking about doing something in three years. We're not sure yet. One thing that I really regret when I went to NYU is not attending the seminars that the international student associations would run for visas. And as a result of that, I learned about a lot of things very, very late. And I know that with like you know, very grueling schedules, it doesn't become very attractive to go to a seminar at like nine in the morning on a Saturday, but that can save you a lot of time and potentially a lot of money. And when I went to the new school, actually, um, for a little while, um, I decided that, okay, I'm going to start taking these seminars. And I learned a lot about the visa process, a lot of details that I had no clue of just from a Google search. So if you're in an institution that offers um, services like that, take them. Take Make the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Two more questions. The first one is, it, like, on those days where you're feeling really down or uninspired or in the dark side, is there anything concrete that you find yourself reaching for again and again, like a like a bad book? thing or a good thing? Oh, positive. All right. <laughs> we all know about the next <laughs> um, like a certain book that you reread or a, a film that you watch or a place that you go or oh. something like that. I mean, music for me is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, any type of music, put on music. But uh, also working out. Yeah. As much as I will drag myself to do it, once I'm there and I start moving and I get the blood flowing, I my headspace completely changes. Um, and also meditation is something that I have fought. Um, I'm very a willful, stubborn person sometimes, and I fought meditation for a very long time. <laughs> and I've recently been getting into it, and it's actually um, starting to become actually enjoyable and something that I look mm-hmm. forward to. Mine is tied to a kind of growing self-awareness that I have right now that I get to my dark side when I'm fatigued, like when I'm, when I'm really tired. And I remember someone once saying that you, um, your fear, uh, the parts of your brain that are activated by fear become more activated when you're tired. 
So I remember thinking, oh God, I'm too tired to think about this now, so I won't deal with it. But lately I've been like, oh my God, I feel so stressed. What's happening? Why am I so negative? And I realized it always happens at around eight or nine at night. And so what I've, and I've talked to Casey about this, what I've tried to start doing was just, is just not working anymore. And just like literally releasing the day, eating a cookie. I'm, <laughs> I'm a cookie addict. <laughs> eating a cookie or looking at picture books like I mean not kid picture books but like, <laughs> like photography. yes like photography because it's I like being engaged at night but not quote-unquote like intellectually yeah. so if I'm able to look at images that are striking or beautiful that becomes very visceral for me and I stop that like my pleasure zones get ignited and my fear parts go down and so right now I'm looking at a bunch of coffee books from Vogue. <laughs> and that's helping me to, to get out of it. So. Yes. And then the last question is just if you've seen anything lately that you want to recommend of any art form. I'm going to see something that I'm looking forward to. What? But I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to see Oh Hello on Broadway with a Nick Cole oh. and oh, Jonathan Mintz. Yeah, show. I'm actually really looking forward to it. Hmm. I really like Nick Kroll's show it was like a sketch show um i'm trying to think i rewatch stuff a lot i watch a lot of tv and i rewatch so god what did i just rewatch i just rewatched arrested development for a little bit it's mm. so good it's so good it's so funny god it's so good yeah you like more drama stuff, so you have would have some of that. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, we recently watched In the Mood for Love. Oh yeah, that's um, brilliant. That. It's a really, really so great uh, film uh, from uh, Wong Kar Wai, like this sort of Chinese classic. And that film, watch that, and be dis be dissatisfied because you're like, God, nothing happens. And then go online to YouTube for the deleted scenes. And be mesmerized <laughs> because because you're like wow like there's this whole other under like the storyline that went yeah. on that got cut and you realize oh my god it's such a fuller experience and so a combination of those two is what i would recommend yeah. and I, i'm gonna jump on farewell my concubine oh, is yes. like an epic quest it is <laughs> so beautiful and I, I cried like a dozen times when I watched that mm -hmm. it's a classic I'm just jumping off it's of a, that yeah it, it's a classic um, oh, it's so good it's Sarah's Gong Li it's another Chinese uh, masterpiece and the funny thing is is that I asked Casey to watch it and then I've you never went to sleep. I, I've never seen it <laughs> and I'm like I heard this is great so I like left I went to sleep I was like Casey I need to sleep and I stayed up to like three o'clock in the morning crying by myself so I have to see that now it's so good. It's <laughs> I so gotta good. see that now now that you've recommended it yeah it's actually really good um, I saw a show this week so I just want to throw in a recommendation for that too I saw Be Gone at MTC oh, oh okay really I knew nothing about it going in and it was really excellent and pushing all sorts of stylistic boundaries and cool so if you have a chance to see that well thank you guys so much this was really fun to have my first dual interview. i know it was fun thank you so much for having us
to the Compass Podcast. I'm Leah Walsh. More episodes are coming soon. Please look for us on Facebook and iTunes. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller. Music by Brendan Spieth. Audio assistance from Nick Choksi. And a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Gapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.